At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, it's a family affair today. Your long-lost cousin is with us. I know, man. It's so exciting. You know, Grant's like just one of those guys that's a fantastic human being. He actually got me kind of started in this, so it's really cool to kind of be talking to him now on this on this. Now platform. you get to have him on your show? Yeah, I mean, this is it's not as cool as his show, but it is, it is I guess, our <laughs> show, yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, Grant Paulson, of course, Grant and Danny on 1067 The Fan is with us. GP, how are you, sir? I am great, fellas. I'm happy to be on. I got to tell you, I was thrilled when, in 2010 when I showed up on the beat covering training camp for the first time. I don't remember if it was rookie mini camp or, or camp day one. I looked out on the field and I saw my last name spelled correctly. <laughs> no one spells Paulson. S-E-N. Everyone spells it with an O, which is incorrect. We all know that. Yeah, we all know that. Uh, and I was like, well, this, guy, this guy's probably not going <laughs> to. That but is I'm true. Like, years later, a lot of NFL seasons later, Logan Paulson, ladies and gentlemen, just beating people up and taking names. My guy. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you're a worker, man. So I'm not surprised you guys are killing it, but I'm glad to be on. Appreciate Thank it. You. And also, uh, by the way, if you're a Nats fan, uh, Grant and Danny continuing to go with their Nats podcast. Really good time you guys are having over there. Uh, what a time you. to start a Nats podcast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they came to us like, I don't know, a day before they traded Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And they're like, you guys Sweet. should start a Nats podcast. We're like, yeah, no doubt. That'd be a, there's a lot of people who want to see them win. And then they immediately traded everyone. They've been the worst team in baseball since. But uh, we get to talk about their prospects. Literally and figuratively, I guess. So, yeah, if you like the Nats, if you like nerdy baseball talk and uh, talking about Repsoto machines and, and building pitches in laboratories, that podcast is for you. Yeah. Uh, remind folks the name of it real quick so they can it is find called it. It's Bustin' Loose Baseball. There Probably you go. Probably named it lots of losses, but we named it Bustin' Loose Baseball. <laughs> Taking L's with Grant and Danny. All right. Uh, so here's, here's uh, what we're going to do today on this here podcast. We are going to talk about the latest ownership news or lack of news. Is there news? Is there not news? Depends on which Twitter feed you're reading uh, and how screwed up your For You page is on that hellscape of a mobile application. Uh, and then we'll get into kind of how that did or didn't affect free agency. We'll get into free agency itself, kind of give some grades now that we're through uh, the meat of it. And then uh, we'll go from there. So. Grant, you had a great tweet over the weekend where you basically said, hey, on this ownership sales situation, you know, if, if your wife is pregnant and, and you guys are expecting, it's, it's about time to grab the go bag and go to the hospital. Uh, you, you seem to think whatever you were told to spark that, that we're getting very close to the finish line here. What can you tell us about what you know of where we are at as of recording time, 925 a.m. on Monday morning? Yeah, I've been really confident for really a few months that this was going to happen. Um, when I initially heard they, they were considering a sale, the antenna goes up because someone like Dan Snyder doesn't go from hell-bent on never selling to considering a sale. Remember, when they went from I'm never going to change the name to working on changing the name, it was days, not weeks, not months, not years. Like this guy digs his heels in and says it's not happening. And then eventually something changes in the case of the name change. 
uh, really, it was Fred Smith basically saying, mm-hmm. you can't use the name FedEx on FedEx Field. And then Nike and some other companies saying, we want our money if, if you can't change this name. So he didn't have a choice. My belief is, and, and the one mystery here, the billion dollar or I guess $6 billion question, is what changed between November 2nd, when he was on the field taking a picture with Jerry Jones, sending a message, in my opinion, to owners. I guess it would have been October 2nd. Um, I'm not going anywhere. And then November 2nd, one month later, when they announced he and Tanya that they were trying to sell. And in that 30 days, something meteoric happened. Obviously, a couple of stories, Don Van Nottich Thompson story that you talked a lot about came out, among mm-hmm. other things. But I think behind the scenes, something happened. So all that as a backdrop to say that this week, it became very clear to me that this is imminent, that this is only a matter of time. I continue to hear rumblings and things from people that I trust. But here's the problem. And you're seeing a lot of this in the reporting, I think. We're a bunch of people with football sources. This is a billions and billions of dollar transaction. And most of us don't have anyone on either side from a business or bank standpoint. So you're just not seeing people really able to confirm what they are hearing. And that is why I think there is some of this lack of certainty with the timeline. I personally believe, based on everything I've heard, this is going to happen very soon. I do think there's a real possibility that we get some kind of a bombshell update this week about a name, an ownership group, perhaps. And then I think it's it's very real possibility that at the meetings that are going to be taking place starting a week from now in, in uh, the end of March in Arizona, that they're actually voting on whoever strikes a deal with Dan Snyder. Now, whether that happens, that's my prediction based on what I'm hearing or not. I still firmly believe when this football season starts, there will be a new owner in place for the Washington Commanders. I totally agree with that based off what I'm hearing. To kind of double-click on a few things you said, to borrow a phrase from you guys on your show, right? One, I think the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of pressure was Ursay at the owners' meetings when he came down and and was like, yeah, that guy's got to go. And you're like, whoa. That was within the timeline, too. Right. the, the 10 2 to 11 2, I'll never leave to we're considering a sale. We've hired a bank. Ursay was smack dab in the middle of that. And and whether that was him acting, you know, solo, but he he knew that it would matter, or that was kind of a message from a bunch of owners. And Ursay was like, Yeah, I'll be the one to get in front of the camera and do it. I, it seemed like there was some kind of internal pressure mounting that kind of amounted to, Hey, man, either you sell or we throw you out. And Ursay saying it publicly, seems to be the straw that broke the camel's back on that. Um, on the sourcing side of it, which I feel like there's, I mean, Twitter and, and all the social media platforms are going nuts with rumors right now. And people just need to understand that nobody knows. Like, and when I say nobody, I mean pretty much nobody. The circle of people involved in the sale is incredibly small. And in fact, when you talk to business reporters who are covering this and have covered a lot of team sales, not just in the NFL, but a lot of leagues, what they tell you is this is the most tight-lipped group that they have ever dealt with. There's an incredibly small number of people on like the banking side. Like it is Dan and Tanya and like maybe two to three other people. And those people don't work necessarily for the team. Like the people that you think would know, don't know. They find out information often shortly before we do. And so that is why that like, there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of rumors, but the number of people that don't know things uh, is, or that actually know things is very small, which is why I think one of the most significant things to happen recently was Schefter breaking the Mitchell rails thing because Schefter doesn't have the bank sources. Like that's just not the operate. He's one of the best reporters in the business. That's not the circles he operates in. And so for him, a football guy at an NFL level to get a name like that, to me says that guy's being vetted by the league. And someone was like, Hey, this guy's clearly involved. Now are they vetting multiple groups at that point still? And, and kind of for the final bidding process, or is it, Hey, this guy's pushing us over the finish line and, and the Harris rails bid is the winner that we don't know. And some people are reading into it too much one way or the other, but those are the kinds of things that I think are interesting and worthwhile of paying attention to. But as far as I know, I talked to a reporter uh, who I trusted late last week, and he's like, this thing's not quite as close as a lot of people think. Um, now, that doesn't mean that it's far, but the idea that, like, you know, basically his word was enjoy the games. Like, he told me, you can relax, watch the NCAA right. tournament. You don't need to worry about this thing getting done over the weekend. 
So it's funny you say that because I, I think there, like a lot of things can be true, right? right? I tweeted what I did on Friday night, which was to your point, a kind of a, a joke for those of us with kids. Like you get to a point in a pregnancy where the birth could come at any moment. Like we are past mm-hmm. X number of weeks and you could get a call where you, your wife just says it's time. And when you get to that window of the pregnancy, you have to have a bag in your car at all times to stay overnight at the hospital. So that's why I said it's time to have your go bag on you. This that you like the story could break at any moment now. Hey, it's it's Josh Harrison. It's uh, Rails and and this team is theirs, right? Um, so th- that's why I tweeted what I did. Now someone hit me up and they're like, you know, they co- you know cover the uh, the league and the team and they're like, are you? how close is this? Like, can I enjoy these games tonight? Can I go out? I'm like, yes, here's the difference. I think people think this is like a football transaction where like when that breaks, the story's over. Like, no, we just will find out sooner than later. I think who it is, what they're trying to spend. Then it still has to be voted on and ratified. And there's like this whole formal process. So I guess my, my point is, we haven't dealt with one of these in this town. I know in the league, you had the, the Broncos sale last year. It's not like there's just a, a black and white finish line. As soon as we like, Hey, Harrison rails got to 6 billion. There's an agreement in principle. Okay. Well, that's great. That's breaking news. That's the bombshell. That's the plan your party time, but there, that's not like over then you see what I'm saying? There's still then right. a bunch of hoops and things that have to happen, but I think we're, we're close to finding out what the number is going to be and, and who it's going to be. I will say this. I mean, again, Confirming anything is really difficult for the reason that you just said. Dan Snyder's group that he actually deals with and talks to and people that are in his circle is minuscule. Right. I remember there's no minority owners anymore. Correct. There's nobody other than him and Tanya and his family. His his, uh, sister sits on the board. Um, The rest of the board is – there's a guy from Rock Nation and some other things. But essentially, the, the board is the Snyders, Yeah. So because of that, like people aren't talking directly to him and to their credit, some of these other ownership groups have been very, very quiet. Now, the everyone wants to assume that this is the Harrison Rails group. And if I had to bet money, here we are, March Madness NCAA tournament, I would go to the window and I would absolutely put money on them. I was told that when Rails came along, it was a game changer, absolute categorical game changer, DC ties, possibility of uh rfk stadium gets the money across the finish line well connected in the community tied in with people in the building like huge huge deal right that's great but we don't even know like i've been told there's a fourth group we've never heard who it is how could we possibly definitively say they're not getting the team when we don't even know who that person is and it's not based well there's two mystery groups right there's the there's the tillman fertita Dude yeah. who owns the Rockets. There's the Rails uh Harris group. There's two others that I think we were told. Fair. And then there's Bezos. Yes. Who could still correct. just come I, in I and guess. be like, okay, I, I see all this stuff happen. Dan, what about if I give you seven billion? And then and then it goes to Bezos because who would turn down an extra billion dollars? Right. So I have reason to believe that w- like one of the two mystery groups is like in it, you know, legitimately. Um, I, I don't know about if all four of them are. Having said that. If you if you're looking at the odds on a board at the sports book, you know the the minus money pretty substantially here is on Harris and Rails, and then your plus money maybe your, your top other option might be for Tita, um, but I, I'm just uncomfortable saying definitively know who it is. Here's here's what I keep hearing though, and again this is more of the speculation because I can't confirm it, but mm-hmm. I know that I've heard this from a ton of people. It is my belief that Dan Snyder has not been in the country but once to go to to Coy Gibbs's funeral in months. I mean, he is in London. Like they are gone. They're not here from what I can gather, what I've been told. Um, on top of that, you know, we, we see all the little, we see all the smoke. Like they, they, they're selling, they're really trying to sell the, the Maryland house now. Um, you know, the, now the Florio report that they cleared out their offices. That That's a thing. They haven't been in their offices in a long time. I didn't realize they cleared them out in December, but this is not like a, yeah, there's a couple things pointing toward. He stopped going to games. I mean, do people remember how unconscionable that would have been at one point that this guy who's on the 50-yard line, who's calling down to the sideline, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but the, the idea that he wouldn't be at a game to me is unfathomable. And he just kind of checked out last season. So something has changed 
all signs pointed all along to a sale. I'm sure you guys saw the Ben Standig report this weekend, yeah, which I thought was pretty huge. Now, again, I already believe this thing is on, you know, the goal line or whatever you want to say. But for the people that don't know, Ben Standing of The Athletic reported this weekend that with bonus money, and Logan, maybe you could speak to this better than us, but with bonus money, which you, you guys know typically you're going to get within the first month, the signing bonus type cash, the commanders with the deals they're striking this offseason are asking teams to push the bonus money a month or two further back. Why? May 12th was the date for a lot of them. Right. So wh- why would you do that? It's so that the next owner has to pay that cash. And Dan Snyder doesn't, presumably. There's not really other good explanations. So all of these things are circumstantial. Maybe none of them would hold up in court. But it's a lot of stuff pointing toward, hey, the timeline here <laughs> looks pretty sad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And just for people like who maybe aren't super familiar, can we just review what exactly is factually is factual information? You know what I'm saying? Because I know there's a lot of speculation at the moment. And I know, like, I I agree with both of you. The more I hear, the more people I talk to, it seems like something's going to happen. Don't know when, don't know who, don't know all that stuff. Can we just kind of just lay lay, lay it down and be like, these are the five major facts and everything else is a little bit speculative. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the number one thing that we should establish uh, is that he is selling. And and I still am kind of surprised when I get tweets. Grant, I'm sure you are too. And people are like, well, what if he backs out? What if this? What if that? Like all the stuff Grant just said. I'm not just yeah. going to cut that up and be like, he's he's selling. Here's five minutes of Grant Paulson listing all the reasons right. why. Right. Like he's not there anymore. He doesn't go to games. You know, they obviously engage the bank, all that kind of stuff. So number one, he's selling. Two, that sale is going through Bank of America Securities, uh, which has uh, processed a lot of team sales. And he is is continued forward through that process. And, and as far as we know, there's been no reversal or out or anything at any time. I guess the third thing would be this this grant, I, I think, is a little less like 100 percent. But we would be stunned if it went in any other way. It's going to be a full sale. Like Dan Snyder is no longer going to be a part of this team. There was a thought for a while that he was going to try to get minority investors and try to just boost some cash or, you know, would there be a situation where he potentially sells a minority stake within five years, they could buy a majority stake that I guess is technically still on the table. We haven't heard definitively because like Grant said, we don't know all of the details yet because very few people do, but Ultimately, I think it's pretty safe to say that Dan is is going to be out of the franchise, out of the league as of the sale being finalized, which I think is going to happen fairly soon. Yeah, I mean, and, and so just to I want to do exactly what Logan just said for a moment, though. Right. What is actually known at this moment, which is that Dan Snyder and Tanya Snyder hired Bank of America in right. early November to sell part or all of this team. Okay. That is written in pen. That's confirmed by the team. 
Now, if your threshold is what we actually know as having been kind of confirmed by the team, there's not much after that. Right. Okay? That's, yeah. Just but, so just so fans are aware of what, but that, that's sure. a big that's a big data point for it, sure. It so. is. I, I would I would and I understand what you're saying. I would tell you the team is not going to confirm anything. Right. So I agree. If, if that was the threshold always, then we, we wouldn't know who's signing where until the press conference, right? <laughs> Um, right. So that's not certainly my threshold. My threshold is people I trust. There's a lot of people I've never heard of tweeting about Dan Snyder and coming. I don't care about any of that. Like it, right. the, 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 the media people that are trustworthy and credible. I mean, Adam Schefter from a league source suggested that rails joined this uh, Josh Harris bid. Here's how, what I take frankly at this point as confirmation when there's no pushback. Right. When no one comes out and says, hey, uh, actually, no, that, that's not. <laughs> because I can't tweet that the commander should sign an offensive lineman, you know, w- without a, a thought from somebody on it, you know, with, with within the team, right, in some right. ways. So when I, th- I just think it's important to note, and they're doing other things, like that, they're, they're not around, they're not paying attention. So it's not like Dan Snyder or his attorney is going to uh, say, hey, that, that's actually not true. But there's very little pushback. When Mike Florio reports the other day, they haven't been in the building since December. I talked to Mike on my show subsequently, and I've talked to him via text since. He hasn't heard a word from anybody on that. And his right. point on the show was, hey, if I said something that wasn't right, someone would tell me. Right. You know, he's saying the employees think this is imminent. These are all things um, in, in other degrees we've talked about on the show. I've heard from employees for months that they thought this thing's gone down. So what is actual fact right now confirmed by the team is very little, I would say, but this is one of those you're trying to read the tea leaves deals. Um, And I understand the uncertainty in that. And it is important to clarify that. I would also tell people like you shouldn't necessarily be taking any notes on this from just random people who talk to, you know, a player at KB toys, you know know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they don't know anything either. Very careful with our uh, the people that are saying things. You know, if, if some here's how I like to judge it: if someone has nothing to lose if they're wrong, you shouldn't care if they're right. Right. If someone's wrong and nothing happens, and other, like they don't have a boss or an editor, or you know, they just tweet something else the next day, then I, I wouldn't worry a whole lot about if they're right or not. Um, that, that's kind of how I judge it. But I understand what you're asking. I think it's an important question. And so I think what I'm saying is like, I, I agree. I think obviously there's, there's that one kind of they've engaged with the bank to get the sale done. But I do think I agree with you in terms of like factual information. I think that report um, about the additional kind of person on the Harris bit, I think that's that's about as good as you're going to get. And then and I'll um, say too, I, I mean, I know for a fact, just based on how lock solid and, and multiple my sourcing is like at least there was for a long time, everyone said, well, one or two people have gone and, and taken tours. I mean, there have been three ownership groups, at least. I know a fourth at some point was on the verge of coming through that have like been over at the facility. I mean, right, right. that kind of stuff's not happening if you're going, hey, you know, maybe we'll think about right. selling thing. I also know, I was told the first day all of this came out, literally the first night. So that would have been what, November 2nd, from someone who had talked to Dan about it, that one of his biggest goals, if he sold this team, and at that point, it's day one, there was a lot of speculation that maybe he wouldn't, but one of his biggest goals was there's no way he's selling this team. If he can't get better and bigger than the Broncos by a a margin, Mm. right? The Broncos sold for 4.6 billion. He has offers. We've reportedly heard over 5 billion. And I still think he's going to end up getting something that starts with a six. That's utterly speculative. That's my kind of what I'm hearing, but I think that happened when rails joined Harris. I think Harris's number from the people that I talked to was in the fives. Rails joined him, and the number got a lot closer to six, if not, you know, starting with the six. So, point being, I guess if you're asking, what do we know? We know that the thing that was important to him, if he sells this team, I think he wants to be able to claim, I just sold for more than anyone ever has. And right. if the numbers we're hearing are actually the finish line eventually, not only football, this will be the biggest transaction of a sports franchise in the history of the world. And that is something I know as a fact is important to Dan Snyder if he sells. 
Yeah, the Washington Post has reported uh, that Tillman Fertitta's bid, I believe, came in at 5.3 initially. Um, and then we, we know that, or we, we, I think we've heard, I wouldn't say we know, that the Harris-Rails bid is now above that, uh, thanks in part to what Grant was saying. That's, again, more of the the what we've heard, not someone hard right. reporting it, putting a byline to it. Um, and I, I would say when the Washington Post and Mark Maskey and Nikki Javala and Liz Clark put their bylines on it, you can take that uh, word to be as good as gold. Um but that's kind of the, what we know from the, the numbers standpoint. Um, and then the other thing that we know is that Jeff Bezos is still kind of floating around in the background. What we don't know, what speculation is how involved he is. And, and But we know that he engaged a, is a brokerage firm, banker. He, he engaged some financial institution uh, to explore buying the team mm. for a while. Snyder had kept him out of the bidding or permitted or not permitted him per the post from bidding. But uh, he had formally like engaged the process through a, a banking firm. Uh, and, and so we know that. And I talked to someone, a reporter uh, who covers like sports business last week, who said, my, my prediction is still Bezos. And, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of the, like, if you want to make a football analogy, it's, it's like, you know, the, the 2017, 2018 range where, you know, the Patriots were kind of struggling through the regular season, but you still kind of just bet on him because they were the Patriots and he was still Tom Brady. And that's, there's kind of a, like an element of that with Bezos or like LeBron and, you know, in during that right. same stretch where he's just like, <laughs> perfect comp. Yeah. He's like, it's still, he's still LeBron James. And so I know they're the fourth seed in the East right now, but like they're going to beat the crap out of the Raptors in the playoffs. That's, that's what's going to happen because he's LeBron James and they're going to win the East and then, then we'll see what happens. Now and I that's, file that's though, kind of right, the Bezos thing. You're you're on point. I mean, I forever up until probably two weeks ago was saying Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. I do think we can file into the what we actually know column that Dan Snyder would prefer it not be Bezos. Yes. Now that, that is do not 100%. hear that as he would never sell the team to Bezos, but <laughs> he would prefer it not to be Bezos. He doesn't. What we know is he doesn't like the Washington Post. What we know is that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. And what we also know is that Dan Snyder um, wants to sell to someone other than Bezos if he can get the amount of money he needs. Now, if Bezos gave $1.5 billion more at the last minute than whoever kind of secured the number, would they go that route? Yeah, I, I guess they would. But uh, frankly, again, and now we're back to, as a final thought, just my own prediction – I think that we are are far enough down the road non-Bezos that, um, number one, it's happening one way or the other. But also, I, I would I would bet on the non-Bezos field getting to a number that Dan views as um, satisfactory. Yeah. My only question with Bezos is, is there an even higher level of satisfaction for Dan if he gets to think that he beat Jeff Bezos in a business deal. And that's, again, that's purely speculative. That's like some armchair psychologist stuff right. or psychiatrist stuff of like, does Dan get to like go to go to London and tell all his new London buddies? Yeah, I did. I did business with Jeff Bezos and I got 7 billion of his dollars. Um, and the next highest bid was 6 billion. Like he gets to win the deal and he gets more money. Like I could see that, but I grant, I, I think, you know, obviously the smoke right now is much, much more, on the non-Bezos camp, um, which is this in the speculation column for sure. But, you know, betting against the yeah. richest guy in the room at a business deal is always a risky proposition. So he's... If the Seahawks weren't going to be sold potentially that's also a great in a couple point. of years, I think all of this conversation would be different because the way I've been told to understand it is Bezos wants in, whether it's Washington or not, into right. the NFL, right? And he has obviously ties to, I think is from that area, Yes, there, there's no one that hates his guts in Seattle that's going to make it harder for him. So, I mean, like whether or not this goes well, he'll be a one seed playing a 16 seed. And I don't think any of them are going to be fairly <laughs> different, uh when the Seahawks come up for big. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Grant Paulson, you can catch him every afternoon, 2 to 6.30 on 106.7 The Fan. Also the Bustin' Loose Baseball podcast, a podcast full of sadness. It's not, it's not, it's not Grand Danny's fault though. It's just, that's it's what just we put on the, the Chiron at the bottom. <laughs> right where it says take command on the left, it says Boston loose baseball. And on the right, it says a podcast full of sadness. Grant, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, uh, real Grant. quick, can I yeah. ask you guys a football question? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you got more time, we can keep you and talk a little football for the next 20 minutes if you want. So I have, I have a football question I want to bounce off you. Okay. It's, it's a comment that I want your, your takes on. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that this front office and this coach is way too conservative in the offseason, and it drives me nuts. Now, their counter is, we like our guys. And to that I say, I like them too, to go 7-10. and 10. Enough already. Like, where is my urgency? Where is my aggressiveness? And this is not like a hot takey sports talk radio thing. I promise. But what are we doing? What is the plan in this town? What, what, I don't understand. Ron Rivera is going into, in my opinion, what is a got-to-have-it year. You make the playoffs or you're out. You win a playoff game or you might be out. Like, that's a reasonable take in year four when you've been sub-500 three times. And I know they technically were 500 with a tie last time at 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. But they won a division with seven wins. Like, no. How about no on that? So this is a this has been three years of sub five hundred football. He's going into an off season where, with a new owner, he might get he might actually deserve to keep his job and still be out of luck with a new owner that hires a new GM and a new head coach. And I'll feel terrible for the guy if that happens. He's a good dude, and I, I root for him. I like him, but the the quarterback plan I've signed off on, I'm fine with. I'm surprised he's going that route again in a got to have it year where Sam Howell, after like nineteen passes, you go from thinking. I'm not really sure if this guy can start a week 18 game that doesn't matter to uh, he's my starter and he's going to run the show this off season. And then you bring in Brissett, who's a career backup. So again, not what I would do with my job on the line. If CK came in and said, you better do a great show today or uh, you're out. I'd probably do things a little differently than just how I've been doing them when it wasn't working, but what have you, I digress. But, but like the Cowboys go trade for Brandon cooks. They, they, they have less, they don't have a lot of cap space. They've got a good receiver position. I would be doing the Giants thing. Where's my draft pick for Darren Waller? Like, where is Dalton Schultz with a suppressed tight end market right now to come in here and catch 70 passes? You're, you're, you're being cheap at quarterback on purpose so that you can build this thing up. Your biggest move is Andrew Wiley, an offensive tackle who gave up nine sacks last year, who signed below market on day one of free agency, which tells you about how many suitors he was expecting to have. They've, they've brought in a tackle who might be an upgrade, but isn't a stud. They brought in West Schweitzer 2.0 downgraded, turn the fader down a little bit. You know, like they're doing, if this was year one of Rivera, awesome. I love what they're doing. It's year four. And I just don't get the vision. Are they as good as the Eagles? No. Are they closing the gap? I don't think so. Are they as good as the Giants right now who, who they tied with last year? No. The Cowboys? No. Like, what is the plan? What am I missing? Yeah, so if I was going to kind of make a counter-argument to you, <clears throat> one, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought the tight end position. And one, I think they are incredibly high on the young tight ends. And I think when you look at Ron and you look at what they've done over the past couple of years, like, they have done a good job of 
betting on development. And I know that's kind of a risky proposition, but I look at Derek Forrest and what he did from year one to year two. I think they're expecting a similar jump from Percy Butler. I think they look at a guy like Armani Rogers, a guy like Cole Turner, Curtis Hodges, like they are so high on those guys. And it's and it's not without reason, right? Because like you look at him, you say, Titan is a traits driven position. Those guys have more traits than you could possibly want. They're all tall. They're all converted wide receivers. Now you're asking for development, right? Which again, I understand that's a little bit, you know, kind of gets a weird feeling in your stomach, but for whatever reason, the staff has done a really nice job with that. Now, with regards to the offensive line, I am frustrated by that move, right? I think Andrew Wiley is a fine player. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's a guy that in Kansas City was elevated tremendously by what Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid did to insulate him, right? And I think he can do stuff for you, but he's definitely a scheme fit. So maybe what you're saying, if you're Ron, is we're going to buy low, get a guy who fits the scheme, who understands Bieniemy, understands this offense. Bieniemy can call a game to insulate him, and we're going to be okay because we're going to bump one of the most athletic linemen in the NFL into guard. Hopefully he develops there, and we're going to have a nice kind of duke it out position flex at the left guard. To me, that's the most risky element because in terms of making a big move for like a skill position guy, like you want, like you, you're not going to find a, a better receiver to kind of flush out that room. Jahan's going to develop. Terry's one of the best in the league. Curtis is fantastic. The running back situation, I think you feel pretty good about. The other thing to consider here too, Grant, is that this is one of the deepest tight end draft classes I've ever seen. And also at running back, it's ridiculously deep. Like you could get a really, really explosive, good football player in the fifth or sixth round. And so there, I think that is factoring into it. I also think they kind of put their eggs in the Duran Payne basket and said, this is who we want to be. So can you trade for guys? Absolutely. But I think that just to kind of give you, they love, they love some of the young pieces that they have here. They love them. Which I totally get, and and I like them too. I, I guess my point, like I'm pulling the helicopter up to like ten thousand feet in a way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, okay, I guess we'll just wait again, like and hope. Yeah. And, and when does that stop? You're in year four. Your quarterback situation is a guy who's throwing less than twenty passes and a backup. Like that generally doesn't net you where you want to go number one now i'm okay with the plan i'd be a lot more happy if it was the first year of a regime but i'm perfectly fine with the plan i think this is probably what they should have done a couple years ago frankly and i happen to like how you talk about traits i think he's better than heineke in everything i like heineke's faders are all at five and Howells are at seven or eight he's got better arm he's more mobile and athletic like i i think he's got some of the same gamer tendencies i think he'll be okay but I guess my point is, you mentioned pain. I wouldn't have done that for the record. I know I'm in the minority, but I'm not paying two tackles that money. That money goes to offense. This league is about scoring points. And yes, it is also about stopping teams from scoring points, but it's Alan Orr for me. Like everything they do to me sometimes feels like they're, they don't have one big vision. Like they drafted right. a deep tackle in the second round last year. Mm-hmm. They played John Allen. They drafted the tackle in the second round. Well, clearly at that point, you're not expecting to pay Payne. Well, I guess then he has the 11 sack breakout. I don't love signing guys to crazy contracts when one year in a contract year is unlike all the other years. And also to your point, Grant, one of the things about Payne and that signing that I think is interesting is that his pressure rate is 9.8. It was 9.8 last year. It was 9.8 the year before that. And I think what you're seeing is that even though the pressure rate is the same, the sack rate is the number that fluctuates and the sacks are the numbers that get paid. So he could easily regress to a position where he's a three sack guy again, you know, and do you feel good about that contract number? If he's a three sack guy again. <clears throat> and so what I'll say to you about the quarterback situation specifically is they weren't going to go out and pay big money for a quarterback because they got burned real bad. And I will say, I just did a breakdown of Jacoby Brissett and last year, like he was playing at a starting caliber level. Now, do you get that same do you get that same player here? I have no idea, but I think that signing might be the most significant to your kind of perspective, your thousand foot helicopter view. If Sam Howell doesn't go, or if he's not where you think he's at, which again is a big concern for me, you have a guy who is about as close as you're going to get to a starter, a good pro, been in multiple offenses, learned multiple offenses. And quite frankly, when you watch the film of him compared to Carson Wentz last year, you feel much better about him coming in and, elevating the offense which is I, interesting. I love that move like this yeah. was the guy that i wanted but and this is not fair to jacoby Brissett. is what i'm about to say <laughs> i love it <laughs> i don't want him playing like right. i don't care if he plays well sure. that's that's a disaster for me in your fourth year 
if you go to Jacoby Brissett, with, with all due respect, who, who's the guy I wanted as the backup and the caretaker, if something happens to Hal, he gets hurt, whatever, awesome. You play Brissett and you try to win as many games as possible. But if Sam Howell struggles, you know, the plane runs into the mountain here and you go to yeah. Brissett for nine starts, it's over, Johnny. Like, I that I don't care if he if he has 20 touchdowns and four picks. Like, that isn't interesting to me in, a, in, in the future, in the long term. You're back in the quarterback market. The well, only thing I would oh go ahead. Well, what I would say is like if your if your concern is for Ron Rivera, everything you're saying is true. If you really want to take the helicopter up, though, this is perfect. Either it works with Sam Howell, or you bust and you completely start over. And what you which is why done, I'm which is why I'm in on this plan. <laughs> right, right. What they've done for a decade is hire a coach, have the owner force a quarterback on the coach have a screwed up time cycle of those two things, mess up the quarterback that gets the coach fired. But the coach, the new coach is now stuck with the old quarterback and it happened. Robert, they screwed up the Kirk contract. Then obviously Haskins, they try to bring Alex in. That goes bad for a very different reason. Jay gets fi- like this cycle finally breaks. The new owner comes in new coach, new GM, new quarterback. Everyone's on the same page and you go from there. And like, that's great. Or, Sam is actually a steal. You found someone in the fifth round. You don't have to pay him for multiple years. And you have an actual starting caliber quarterback for the first time in a long time. And you proceed forward with Ron or the new coach. But like, to me, if if your focus is like, what are you doing Ron Rivera for the sake of yourself? Totally agree with you. I doesn't like, there is an element of like, we're really doing it hit me really hard at the combine because you kind of get out of the media bubble. Uh, the DC media bubble. And I'm talking to other folks from around the league and they're like, so they're really going to start Howell, huh? And it's like, yeah, people he's pretty good. People and can't people are like, what, how do you know? And I'm like, I mean, that's, I, I, he looks fine. And they're like, I liked him, but like, really? Um, and so you kind of, you kind of have that reality check. But I do think that when you get above the looking out for Ron Rivera's well being, this is ideal for the first time in a long time. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. And and the good teams, well, well, forget the good teams. The the right situation, the process should be a GM is empowered, which doesn't happen here. But my hope is for the first time in, in my adult life with a new owner, perhaps next year, they will actually have a actual football GM that is the overseer of the building. And then that that person will hire a head coach and that that person will pick his quarterback because that one, two, three process is the best one. And they have never done that one here since they were winning Super Bowls. Everyone's like, they've tried everything. No, they haven't. They have not had a GM pick a coach who picks his quarterback in that order. And so that's my sincerest hope. And, you know, just on the same level, my, my hope would be Howell's awesome. They win a ton of games and the Martys get to high five Ron all the way to the NFC championship game this year. And there's a big Marty party on the team flight. That yeah. would be awesome too. But, but I do. And I Just also want to, yeah, go starting over and ripping off the band-aid. And I also think that this roster, when you look around the roster, so go position by position, is closer than people think. Now, it's got a couple of key cogs that need to be kind of looked at draft this year. I wish they would have handled offensive line specifically, like just been a little bit more aggressive there. I don't – not that I dislike Weiler. I dislike Gates. I just think just be a tick more aggressive there. But <clears throat> they could screw around and win – you know, win a playoff game. Like if, if Howell even plays to like just slightly plus. And I think when you look at Jacoby Brissett in Cleveland, right, they would have been easily a playoff team if they, if he had started the whole year. Right. So I think there are, there is a world, and I've said this on this podcast before where it's like they walk in and I think it's because the roster is sneaky good. Now they need to hit on a lot of draft picks to make this go. They, need, they still need to do some stuff, but it, to me, it's, it's not crazy to think that Ron, Again, like, I don't know if I was Ron, I don't know if I would have done anything differently outside of the quarterback. Is well, yeah, that was going to, that was going to be my question for you, Grant is I hear everything you're saying, but my, yeah. my question is kind of that, well, then what would you have done? And yeah, if the and answer is like, well, I would have traded for Jalen Ramsey. Like, okay, that's an interesting conversation. No, no, um, here's what I got it for you. I, I, Cause I have been asked this by listeners yeah. and callers and I've, I've, I've had to go through it. So two things, right? Number one, you said you would have liked them to have been more aggressive uh, helping out the offensive line. I would just put a period after aggressive. They don't do it. They don't have that bone in their body. They can't. But I guess, I guess like what, because to me, the only position group that they weren't aggressive at 
that needed a significant upgrade was the offensive line. Okay, this is so, the way so, I look so at this it. This is two-parter, right? Number yeah. one, it, it, that's a big deal. Like their yeah. biggest priority is offensive line. I was told the day they said that they were rolling with Sam Howell and I was texting people over there, it's a two-pronged plan that it's Sam Howell and we're going to kick ass getting better on the offensive line. Right. I'm waiting. Okay. Right. That hasn't That's a big deal. And, to, and for fans real quick, this offensive line draft, especially where they're going to be picking at 48 and 16, is pretty good. So maybe you're counting on that. I don't know, yeah. but just I, well, I need to Logan, say Logan, you said this too, right? If they draft a ta- they draft Anton Harrison in the first round, who's who's ready to play right tackle tomorrow, right? Yeah. And then they kick Wiley to left guard. Now you have a pretty good line. Now it looks it looks good. It looks really good because Wiley yeah, so is Wiley's a good offensive lineman who's a good like he's a good guard. So yeah, but just want to put that out there for people. Anyway, go ahead. So, but like as an example, when you say like, what would you have done differently, or how could they have done something differently? Like Orlando Brown was just added for well below market value. Right. I'm in on that. Like it's okay to get really good players. Sure. It's okay to do that sometimes. I know 100%. that they, they would prefer to get guys that are that are middling, but I really like good players. I have this weird thing about me. So that's number one. Number two, we look at the roster, okay, and we go like you. And I'm not joning on you, Logan, but but yeah. I, like I'm just making a point. We go okay. They're set here. They're set here. Like it's okay to get outside the box. Hundred percent. Like, here's what I would do. I would trade this year's number one and a fourth next year right now to the Bengals for T. Higgins, who supposedly won a first round pick for T. Higgins. Right. T. Higgins, who they can't or they shouldn't probably and aren't expected to sign because they have to give Joe Burrow fifty million dollars a year right. and pay Jamar Chase. So it's unlikely that he gets 23 million or whatever he wants. Then I'm shopping Curtis Samuel. Like now I've got uh, Terry McLaurin, T Higgins, and I've got uh, Jahan Dotson under contract or, you know, uh, Dotson gets paid after Terry's contract essentially is over three years from now. Like it's okay to just be really good and aggressive to add weapons. I, I, I would sign Dalton Schultz who's 26 and productive tomorrow. And I love him. So, I, and I don't like, you know, people losing their jobs, but you save $5 million, you move on from Logan Thomas, a couple of years since he was particularly productive. And I use that's over half of what, you know, that's about half of what I'm going to pay Dalton Schultz on a suppressed tight end. Right. And so, you know? yeah, I, I agree. But I think like that's one thing that like I think fans need to be aware of. Like, let's take T. Higgins as an example. Like, I think he is elevated tremendously by Joe Burrow. And I don't think you get the same player going from Joe Burrow to Sam Howell. And so you're going to fork over a first and a fourth for a guy who is going to be way less productive. You're going to have to pay a ton of money. You're going to have to pay more than Terry probably to get him here. Right. And so I look at that and I say, is that the right move for this team in, in the current roster construction? And I look at the Dalton short. I think the Dalton short souls thing is a little bit more interesting, right? Cause I think yeah. you can get him at a fairly good number. The draft capital is not gonna be as expensive. Also good- way more realistic. Like, yes, yes. Real yeah. quick, let me say on, on Higgins, let me just say, so, um, Two, two things, I guess. One is that's that's the first idea I've come up with. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not saying you want that, but I'm just saying for fans who want my, that. My point is, it sounds like fantasy football. I'm saying it's okay to be aggressive, to like think outside the box. The yeah. roster is a fluid thing. Yeah. It's not like everything is set. And by the way, yes. this idea that they can't get better here or they're set here, they'd win more football games if they were just awesome everywhere. Like, right. I, I don't believe the idea that. Oh, they shouldn't do that. Like, no, I go mean, find a player who's available for some quirky reason and pay them. The, the Philly. cap is exploding. Philly AJ is a Brown, perfect, Philly. Yes. perfect example, right? Like, and they, and now if you look at their process, like they pay O linemen, they do a good job of drafting and evaluating, developing O linemen. It allows them some flexibility on the outside to say, Hey, we don't need to draft an O lineman in the first round because we can develop these players. We have all these excellent defensive, like, like I just look at that roster construction and I love what they're doing. They they do a good job of trading guys ahead of time. They accrue first round draft capital. It allows them to do that as opposed to kind of what you're talking about, where it's like every year it's like, well, we really need this first round pick because we need to get a good ball player. It's like, gosh, there's other ways to allocate that resource. So I totally agree with what you're saying, Grant. It's just like, um, you know, playing fantasy football isn't always the right solution, but like when you allocate, when your evaluation sound, when you've planned for that, like think about Philly. They every they have two first round picks next year or whatever it is. Like they've planned to allocate resources when they need resources. And I and I sometimes I don't always feel that there is that forward thinking approach like you're talking about. Boom. Yeah. I've just had an awakening in the last like I, I have been the guy on the radio that's like shouted down callers with ideas like that for years. But 
a few years ago, my, my mindset has changed a little bit. I was listening to Tom Brady do an interview, and he yeah. was basically saying he's stunned that teams aren't more aggressive in the offseason and that the NFL is so methodical and kind of four years at a time. And he was basically like, you know, you could upset the apple cart and just go for it. And mm-hmm. we saw the, the, the Bucks bring him in and win. I know that's unique. The Rams said, this golf guy got us to the Super Bowl. That's great. But let's go get Matt Stafford. And they win. The Eagles are good, and they trade for A.J. Brown and bring in C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and they get to the Super Bowl. I know Jalen Hurts' elevation was the biggest reason why. But I think we are – like this group will never do that. And I kind of just want a more – they view the salary cap as like this scary monster under the bed. And I want someone who doesn't. I guess that's my big picture point. Yeah. I mean, I think offensively, I like where they're at, in part because the way the Chiefs have won is having a bunch of 4-3 dudes all over the field. And, like, when you say shop Curtis Samuel, I'm like, hell no. Like, that that's their Tyreek Hill. That's their, their Debo Samuel. That's their move piece. And if you can get a better version of it, fine. I don't know how many there are, though. A guy who can truly play running back, play some receiver, and is 4-3. But fast. the idea of him has been way better than the actual him. I mean, he was but- pretty good last year. Yes, but he was – look at the last six weeks. I mean, he, he's a minimal factor for a lot of games. Like, now that's not his fault necessarily, and maybe Eric well, – that's, that's kind of my thing is, like, he's the right piece for this scheme. Let's hope so. But he was the ninth highest paid receiver in the NFL last year. Against sure. Mm. He didn't get that production. No, absolutely. But, like, I think he the, – the thing with enemy and what they've done with, with KC offensively is, like, obviously Mahomes is the main engine, and we're trying to recreate that good freaking luck. He's one of one in NFL history, but they surrounded him with a bunch of dudes who ran four, three. They have that here with, with Gibson, with McLaren, with Dotson, with Samuel Schultz. Absolutely. Offensive line, definitely more aggressive, but like we mentioned CJ Gardner, Johnson, he just signed for not a whole lot of money in Detroit on a one-year prove it deal. You could wait for Percy Butler to develop, or you could go sign CJ Gardner Johnson. Like that, those are the kinds of moves and upgrades that I, I I'm a hundred percent with you. Where it's like, yes, development is cool, and when it works, it's really rewarding, and you get to pat yourself on the back for doing a great job in the draft and developing guys, and you know that's fantastic. Or you just get a guy who could play. But also, and- like it's, it's important. I, I agree with both of you. But also, look at positions that don't transfer well, like DB free agent acquisitions we just got to experience that firsthand traditionally sure don't do well right so i think that's that's one of those things that that i you just got to kind of call attention to you know like the free agency is the right situation but the evaluation has to be right it just can't be like this guy's available let's go get him you gotta the, the whole process has to be sound Definitely. All right. Uh, that was great. I'm glad you uh, you kicked that. That was fun to kick around. I just wanted um, to hear you. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to see what you guys thought. And I'm with you, Logan. I, I fit is more important than skill. But like good football but, players win games, man. But you can. But yeah, but you can. But like, you're both of us are correct. Like if you engage with a more aggressive mindset. Yeah. yeah. Right? I, and I don't want to go. It doesn't need to be Dan Snyder in 2000. Correct. But like, this isn't working for me. <laughs> like, right. like I just, yeah. This yeah. isn't putting the Triscuit crackers in my stomach. We we <laughs> we look at all this stuff too, and the kind of silly thing is, if Sam plays well, they'll win a bunch of games, and if he doesn't, none of the rest of it matters anyway. So there's like to a point, like it just what does the quarterback do? I guess we'll all find out uh, this fall. Uh, you can catch Grant, of course, one hundred six seven the fan two to six thirty each and every weekday, Bustin' Loose Baseball Podcast, as well as previously mentioned, a podcast full of sadness. Grant, thanks for making this one a little bit happier today. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you guys. That was fun. Thanks, bud.